It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Season 2, Episode 32 with Chris Lane. As I got a record deal here, back in the day, I used to call myself Chris Lane Band. I didn't put much thought in that when I first started playing music because I wasn't even thinking about getting a record deal. Okay. So uh, I just dropped the end of the band, but any of that stuff on that uh, record was just a self-done record. Uh, I wrote all the songs by myself. I'd never even written a song. So I sat down, wrote 12 songs. They're all terrible. I sang them terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We had a good long conversation with Chris Lane. We got a lot to talk about, so hop on in here. Thank you so much for listening to Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand. Give us a like, a subscribe, a a comment, a a rating. It all helps us out. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Evan Paul here. We're hanging with Chris Lane. What's happening, man? Hey, just talking some landscaping, man. Dude, I love <laughs> it, man. We're getting deep in that and landscaping, uplighting, trees, rare trees. You you were talking about a tree that you can't even get in Nashville. Yeah, we're going to have to go to Georgia to get it. <laughs> Evan, you probably don't even know this, but uh, the day I got my record deal, I was still doing landscaping. That's what I did. I graduated college, moved back home to North oh, Carolina. Wow. Yeah. So I know I know a little bit about landscaping. Okay. But I know nothing about the project that my wife's currently putting on at the house. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what's the secret then of keeping your flower bed uh, edge clean without the, the the Bermuda coming through? Yeah. I mean, well, we always edged uh Every single time we'd mow a yard or or whatnot. Yeah. yeah, Kind of hard to keep the weeds out, man. You know, at the end of the day, I'd get out there in mine and just pull them up. Yeah. Every week week I'm out there pulling weeds. Y'all think he's a big country superstar. He ain't doing it, but he's out pulling weeds just like the rest of us. I know. And you know what? When my uh, two boys are old enough, it's going to turn into them getting their hindin out there. (laughs) Y'all are going to think mowing is fun until you got to do it every week, right? That's right. Uh, Let's talk about Find Another Bar. Give me the story behind that. Uh, yeah, so find another bar. I wrote this song with uh, another artist in town, Josh Thompson um, and Justin Ebock. I was kind of at this place uh, where I had written so many uh, love songs. You know, I, I was getting married. I wrote Big Plans, then a, a ton of songs that kind of followed that that were in a very similar um, style and just had this song title. Um, I felt like I could write about Heartbreak. Uh, because I've obviously been through that. Thankfully, I don't have to go through it anymore. <laughs> but uh, you can channel your, channel your past. Absolutely. Um, I just thought that this was a fun way to uh, write a breakup song about somebody needing to go find another bar. I feel like uh, a lot of people could relate to that. Yeah, no, I think that's it's great. Uh, you were one of our very first guests uh, in our new studios back in 2014 or 15, and uh, you were working Fix to Country oh, yeah. Radio. Man, that's been a hot minute ago. Well, compare your music today to back then. Yeah, I think um, for me, when I first got to town, um, the music that I was creating on my own uh, was very guitar driven. And then I got a record deal here in town and the sound changed. And um, while I didn't really divert from what I was doing, um, I was really just trying to find the kind of artist that I wanted to be. So on from record one to record two, it definitely changed a little bit. And I went back 
to uh, a little bit more guitar driven. And now I'm going back to even further from when I was in Kernersville, North Carolina, doing everything myself, just kind of reverted back to uh, heavier guitars and, and just some of those sounds. So I'm very excited. As a singer and songwriter, how far back, like let's say you're sitting in your truck, how far back can you go in your library before you're like, God, I don't want to hear this? Because I like, as a radio guy, I can't listen to certain shows pre certain dates. I'm like, oh, what was I doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's just the part of uh, growing for sure. But yeah, all my early stuff, uh, as I got a record deal here back in the day, I used to call myself Chris Lane Band. I didn't put much thought in that when I first started playing music because I wasn't even thinking about getting a record deal. Okay. So uh, I just dropped the end of the band. But any of that stuff on that uh, record was just a self-done record. Uh, I wrote all the songs by myself. I'd never even written a song. So wow. I sat down and wrote 12 songs. They're all terrible. I sang them terrible. <laughs> um, so anytime any of those come on, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was, yeah, I was just starting out. <laughs> you ever thought re, uh, about revisiting and reworking some of those? I don't feel like they're good enough. Okay. Um, so no, but I, you know what? I wouldn't trade them for anything because those, those songs ultimately helped me get a record deal and, and people were showing up to the shows way back then. And, and, singing along to them and um hey at the end of the day i'm super thankful for them but yeah so they are hard to listen to <laughs> okay i get you uh take me back to your favorite moment on the kane brown tour uh favorite moment on the kane brown tour um i would say after show uh we played a lot of ping pong and i'm pretty good at ping pong but uh it turned into sting pong and if you don't know what sting pong is uh, it's where you play with your shirt off, and whoever loses the point has to turn around. You get to hit the ball at them as hard as you possibly can. Now <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yes. That's great. I'm really good at this game. You, so you used to beat Kane at Sting Pong? Yes, because once you lose one point and you get hit hard, you don't want to lose the next point, so you start playing a little more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, and Russell Dickerson was also a part of this. Then we started playing doubles. Uh, I, needless to say, Kane will will tell you. I definitely was lighting people up out there. Yeah, <laughs> is Kane any good at ping pong? Oh yeah, he's really good. Oh wow, okay, he's really good. Um, yeah. but I grew up playing, and and uh, in fact, during CRS this year, they did a big ping pong tournament. I hadn't played in probably two years. Uh huh. And got out there and won the whole thing. Wow. So I'm the CRS champion of the world right Atta now. Atta boy. I peaked in college because I my serve was illegal uh, and everybody, <laughs> nobody called it out. So I would take the ball and hold it to the paddle and then spin it, do it like that. And it would get weird. But people started calling me out once I got older. So yeah. I stopped playing. And I've retired. You know who else was a, a really good ping pong player? I learned uh, a couple guys, Scotty McCreary's. Uh, really good. Him and I are very similar, both aggressive style ping pong players. Um, but it played into my favor uh, the round that I played him. And then Brett Young was also randomly good at ping pong Ooh. as well. He put he kind of the same thing you were just explaining. Um, he puts a lot of spin on the ball. That's I was tough. having trouble hitting it back to him. He doesn't even serve it hard. It's just spin. Yeah, I was hitting it right back. I can see Brett Young doing that. He's that's uh, he's real cerebral. You yeah. know, he's good. <laughs> Do you care? Does anyone uh, on the country circuit carry their own paddle? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if you could buy a ticket to any concert tour this year. 
and go to it. It can be one that you're on. Yeah. Which, what are you getting? Man, well, I'd probably pick two. Uh, Kenny Chesney, for sure. Um, I think that tour's already over with, so I'm not going to get the chance to do that. But um, if I could have picked any other outside of him, I probably would have picked Luke Combs at Bank of America Stadium because I'm a diehard Carolina Panther fan. Same, okay. And, I'm from uh, Charlotte. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I would have gone to that show and begged him to let me up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> He probably would have, man. Come on. Now. Uh, who has more unusual fan uh, interactions, you or your wife? Um, I feel like I do, just because I'm out there a lot more than um, she is. However, on a nightly basis, this is usually the thing. Uh, girls will come through during meet and greet, and uh, they're all singing the same story. It's always, "We love you so much, but we love your wife way more." <laughs> Is she here? Can I have a photo with her? It's funny. I love it. It's so sweet. She, does she, uh, would she ever do her own meet and greets on tour? Like uh, Jelly Roll's wife, I think, is doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I don't want to speak for her. I have no clue if she'd be willing to do that, but I would love it if she would do that. Okay. And let's spark that idea and get it going for the next tour. She'd probably man. have a lot more in her meet and greet line than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not. Okay. All right. I want to ask you about uh, this picture here, man. Oh, yeah. Give me all the feelings. Yeah, so my two-year-old Dutton uh, just started uh, a twos class, and uh, it was his first day of school. I mean, just like the caption, I literally felt like I had just blinked. He was just born, and now he's already off to school. It's crazy. Yeah. It is nuts. Um, are you a shoe guy? Are you going to start putting them in those? Are, I mean, those look pretty sweet, man. I don't man. know what kind of shoe. Like His mama little... dressed him that day. Oh, yeah. He looks cool, <laughs> mate. Now that backpack, though, is bigger than him. Well, so, yes. I, I saw a lot of comments about the backpack was bigger than him. Um, and that is fair to say. But uh, the reason that the backpack was so big is uh, they told us uh, for that first day of school, we had to pack a certain amount of diapers, certain uh, a big blanket for when he takes a nap, like a whole bunch of stuff oh, was wow. in there. That's why it's so full, too, and it's so big. So, obviously, <laughs> he didn't carry it. We had to carry it for him. I got you. Um, uh, have you heard Jordan Davis's next thing you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. Are you a crier? Is that something that, does that get to you? I'm not a huge crier. I'm not like a super emotional um guy but uh i definitely feel a little more emotional now that i have uh kids there's no doubt about that yeah um what changed mostly from having one kid to two kids like what's something unexpected um and probably just the amount of of diaper changes that you have to go through in a day um, <laughs> yeah. nothing can prepare you for that and and just the uh lack of sleep i mean the last two years have been the best years of my life, but also the hardest years from um, an exhaustion standpoint. Yeah, and it's weird because our parents and everything, they always would say they're exhausted, but we never yeah. really got it. And like I now know. that you have kids, it's like, Oh, man. I get it. Yeah, You yeah. don't know until you know. Yeah, it's so true. Um, let's talk about the time that, uh, so this is a weird story to read, but the time that you just met your, um, your wife's ex-fiance. Take me through what was going through your head, because that's an awkward interaction. Um, which time are you talking about? Do you know specifically? Was it like a golf outing? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so I played in this Hilton Grand Vacation Tournament of Champions um, down in Orlando in January. Hope to get a chance to do that again this year. But uh, yeah, I met uh, Lauren's ex-fiance. Is that how you say it? I think so, yeah. Um, down there, he played in the same golf tournament. And uh, randomly enough, our lockers were side by side. Oh, stop it. Somebody did that on purpose. <laughs> um but not honestly, he was he was a, a genuinely nice guy, and uh, there's one thing we share in common: we both love golf. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys get to play each other? We didn't get to play against each other. No. Um, Who would win if you did? Well, he he did beat me this past year in overall points. Okay. Um, my first year in, I was a little nervous, you know, just trying not to kill anybody on the tee box when I hit the ball. <laughs> Um, but I think we're probably pretty even on the golf course. Okay. I guess. What do you shoot nowadays? Man, nowadays, um, I'm at a 10 handicap right now. That's so great. I'm not, I'm not playing great, but I'm blaming That's... that one on my kids not allowing me to get out there and play like yeah. I, I was before. Lack but I of was, sleep. Yeah, yeah. I was down to a six um, there for a while. So I wasn't bad, but I'm getting, I'm trending in the wrong direction right now. And it's just lack of uh, getting to play. Who do you practice. think is the best, uh, who, who would you say um, is the best country golfer? Um, that you've played golfer. with? Um, I mean, probably Jake Owen. Okay. Um, he's probably the most consistent. Um, there's a few and, and uh, Kane and I have actually played uh, golf. He's just now kind of getting into it. But yeah. um, him and I play a lot together. Uh, Shea Mooney and I play a lot together. And uh, during COVID years ago, um, I set up this trip to Pinehurst, North Carolina, where we took, I think it was 22 artists I was able to get. And we all went down to uh, Pinehurst and played 36 holes a day and uh, just had an incredible time. Would you guys do that again? Um, well, I'd say it's going to be pretty hard now that everybody's back out touring. Oh, that was, was a time like... when everybody had off and, <laughs> right, and right, right. no one knew what was going on okay. and we weren't touring. But it's probably pretty hard to do that. But What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to sign? I would say a uh, prosthetic leg. I've gotten that answer before. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if it was the same person. It, probably. <laughs> probably. I think Al Dean told me that. Have you oh, ever been funny. on tour with Al Dean? I haven't, but uh, okay. we probably played some of the same festivals. For okay. Sure. Okay. And what do you do? I mean, you know, you just... Uh, you just sign it. Here you go. <laughs> and okay. hand it back to him. Okay. Uh, what does Chris Lane geek out about? Golf? Yeah. Um. Short answer is definitely golf. Um, I don't get starstruck by anybody, but I will in the golf side of things. Who's I'm the just, guy? Like Jordan Spieth? Um, yeah, you know, he's a super nice guy. I got to play uh, his foundation last year. Got a chance to meet him and play with him, which um, was pretty daggone cool. But, uh, I mean, any of the guys. It's just crazy how good they are at what they do. I'd give anything. But um, it, it seems to be the uh, a common theme that every time I say that they're always like, okay, well I'll trade you. You can play golf and I'll be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which is good. Well, dude, we're loving the new song, man. Thank you for taking time, spending it with us. And uh, we look forward to this one growing up the charts, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah.
As a tack-on to this Chris Lane podcast, we also had the chance to sit down with country up-and-comer Hannah Ellis. This was a fun interview, and uh, she's old childhood friends with Lainey Wilson, so she digs up some dirt for us. Take a listen to this one. Evan Paul here. We're here, uh, hanging out with Hannah Ellis. What's happening? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm so good. Sweet. Okay. Give me the story of Karma on the Rocks. Oh, man. Um, so that song is brand new. It hasn't even come out yet. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, but it's kind of one that we just had a lot of fun with. I'm married and I write a lot of love songs. Um, but every once in a while, you got to dip into your past a little bit and be like, ooh, I remember that heartbreak. I remember what I was going right. through back then. Yeah. Well, you're married to a songwriter. <laughs> That's so right. Does that get weird or do you guys understand? Like if you channel something that happened uh, maybe in your own relationship yeah. that he is not aware of? Yeah. Have you ever done anything like that? Like, Oh, absolutely. Okay. I feel like that it's it's kind of therapeutic. And sometimes like I would say earlier on when we were younger, we would definitely like write songs songs from like maybe a moment that had happened that morning or the night before. And, and like, we would kind of be like, here's this song, (laughs) but no, I feel like we definitely channel our, our personal life. And that's like, kind of, it's just like open to anyone. Are you guys each other's like litmus tests when it comes to writing or do you not share songs you've written with him right away or? You know what? I feel like it's just like anything else that you're proud of. Like, I feel like if there's songs that we both love, it's like, ooh, I want you to hear this. But I don't think we're quick to show each other something that's like, okay. okay. Right. Like where you're like, oh, it's, it's fine. You know, what's the worst song that you ever wrote that oh, like the, the, the like the title i don't know like you but but you were so all about it like you weren't it, it took somebody else to be like i'm not sure you know what i feel like that probably anything i wrote from like 2016 <laughs> like those older songs <laughs> you think they're so cool and yeah. you're like no this is like it, this song's the one. And then like a couple years later, you go back and listen to it and you're like, oh my gosh, the fact that I was like so excited about that is so funny. Have you ever gone back to rework any of your older rights or are those just You know done? what? It's so funny. Um, I was actually talking about this with someone the other day because I feel like in Nashville, that's not a super, super popular thing to go back to old songs because they're it's it's a little more of a factory where it's like okay we go to a write today we write a song next day write a song next day and and I was talking with some songwriters recently and saying you know I think I want to start exploring my catalog from like years ago because I'm sure there's some really good ideas or titles in there that maybe if we reworked them could be brought to like today you know right right do you like um, lyrics first or like instruments? How do you make a song like from your perspective? You know, I feel like I normally start with a concept or idea. It's like either what I'm like feeling that day or a title that I have in my phone already. Um, that's typically maybe where I start. But also I feel like if someone sets a vibe musically, like they're playing guitar or they have some kind of track built that they really like. Um, I feel like that is one of my, it, it inspires you, right? There's, you hear songs, you hear the music first and you're like, oh, this is going to be a sad song or this is right, going right, to be, right, a, right. you know, so I feel like that can definitely inspire ideas. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about uh, the full circle moment when you found out you were going on tour with Carly. Oh my gosh. So much fun. I love Carly. We've been friends for years and we're both from Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just really sweet because I actually have a cut on her, one of her previous records. So like we've just known each other and kind of 
been in the same music circle for a long time. And so when it worked out that I was like going to be on tour with her, I was so excited because I was like, not only is her fan base incredible and she's so good to the, her openers, but also we could drink wine at night. So right. That was exciting. <laughs> I saw you're a self-proclaimed wino. Yes, okay. that's right. What's the cheap, the best Ooh, okay. cheapest wine? Like, like I want to get drunk off like five, ten bucks. Oh gosh, I don't know. Is I don't it know. Still I, Boone's Farm. Yeah, right. I feel like I feel like the cheapest normally I'll go is like there's a wine that I like that's like twelve bucks. Okay, it's called Picus P I C U S. It's an I think it's an Italian red. Okay, and I feel like Italian wines can be cheaper and still be really good. Oh, interesting. Like a lot of times, like Napa Valley or like California wines, like they got to be a little higher. They they tend to be a little higher priced to be good. Does, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Versus yeah. the way Italian wines are made, I feel like that they can be good at a lower price point. That you makes know what sense. I mean? Yeah. What do you think about people that put ice in their red wine? Okay. People are going to be really upset, but I do it sometimes. Really? I know. Well, it's because there is this common misconception that you're supposed to serve red wine at room temperature. Right, right. But that's not true. It's it's more like cellar temperature. So it's more supposed to be served at like 60-ish degrees. Oh. And most people are serving it to you at room temperature, which is like 72. Yeah. So sometimes I'll put like a couple pieces of ice in there. And depending on the situation or the wine, I'll pull it back out. You know, oh, I gotcha. I'll, I'll like get it just to where it cools it down a little bit and then pull it back out. So it's not watery. If it's a cheaper wine, I don't really care. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> going to cause some rifts. And that's the, right. That's, some people are going to, you're right, going to get right. some commentary. That's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are, who are some other people other than Carly? And like, I, I saw, did Ashley McBride, you sing some with her? Yeah. Other? You know, I actually, I just sang Ashley McBride's part in the Carly and her, hers duet. Yeah. 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 Cause Carly would have me up to sing. I uh, never wanted to be that girl. And it was just so much fun. Every yeah. Night. Well, yeah. Who are some other people that have uh, offered support, uh, uh, to you. Oh my gosh. Through the years, so many. I mean, Russell Dickerson has always been a huge champion of mine. Um, I would say early on, Kelsey was really supportive, Kelsey Ballerini. And then um, I've known Lainey Wilson forever, ever, ever. Um, gosh, do, do you have any uh, old school Lainey stories you could share with us from yeah. back in the day? Yeah. So one time, so she used to, I'm from Kentucky. So she used to go, uh, home with me to visit my family and one there's just I, this is just the first thing that popped into my mind my back before we were posting on social media and all this stuff we were filming this silly video we were fishing at my dad's pond and we kept like doing this thing every time we'd catch a fish and we would like hold it up and be like I'm a country girl. I can catch a fish. And it was just like, so, and of course that's how she actually talks. And I was just like imitating her, you know, and, but it was just so funny. I'm not going to lie. Whenever, whenever, uh, things a man ought to know came out and it was like, I can, nah, 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 I can catch a fish. My dad and I, my dad was like dead over this line. I was like, but she really can. I can like, I have video proof. It's funny. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's see. Um, what can we expect on your albums coming out next year? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about the album. I feel like that up to this point, I've released songs that like help you understand how I maybe feel about country music and like overarching themes of me as a person and an artist. But I feel like the record, we're going to really get in the weeds. Yeah. People are really going to get to know me through the music. But also I hope 
see a lot of themselves in those songs and and find their stories in those songs because that's really where I try to write from because that's the music that inspires me. That's the music that helps me and makes me feel seen is is stuff that speaks to normal life and the things we all go through. And I, I think there's going to be some songs on there that, that people really resonate with. Did you take any outside songs? Do you see, is there an importance to take one or two? Or? You know what? I am such an advocate for that. For this particular record, since it was my first one, I really wanted it to be my voice. I wanted it to be the things I say how I say them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm such a advocate for taking outside songs. And I think moving forward on other records, I definitely will. Um, what I like to say is I'm not under the impression that I'm the best songwriter in this town. So yeah, 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 yeah. to think that I'm like, you know, but at the same time with this, with this particular record, I wanted to make sure that it, it had like how I would say it first. That and then, sense. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm such an advocate. I mean, I love our songwriting community here. Would you ever write with artificial intelligence? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it gets dicey because I'm just so protective of the importance of our songwriters and what they mean to this community. And like, we just couldn't, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. I mean, so often you go back to these songs that you love and you're like, Oh, I I don't even know these people. But then, then you start to discover, Oh, they're on so many hits, so many things I love, so many special songs. They are, um, they're really the backbone of this community for sure. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. Heck thank yeah. you for taking time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me in today. Awesome. And thank you for listening to Taste of Country Nights on Demand. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.